You're listening to Redemption City Church. For more information, check us out at redemptioncitychurch.com. Redemption City Church and those watching online, welcome to our Easter Sunday celebration. Uh, what a great day today is as we celebrate the empty tomb and uh, uh, the death uh, and resurrection of Jesus Christ are such important days in the Christian calendar, but not just in, in the Christian calendar. They actually split history and are markers for all of eternity. The cross symbolizes the death of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of our sins, and the resurrection celebrates the life of Jesus Christ and the new life that he calls us into. And I want you to know this morning, friends, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, there's going to be an opportunity for us to pray for you in just a few minutes. Paul writes in his letter to the Corinthians, um, and he says this about the importance of the resurrection. He says the resurrection is so important that all of Christianity hinges on it. And he says, in fact, if the resurrection did not happen, then our faith is futile, our preaching is futile. And we're going to look at that text in just a minute but I do want to just take two minutes just to look at some proofs for the resurrection and the first one is simply this the empty tomb and the empty tomb was seen by many many people somehow this argument has developed that the body was stolen uh, but there's some challenges to that and the first one is this is that there was a Roman guard posted outside the tomb now in our modern day thinking we can think a god that's a man but it doesn't actually work like that. The Roman God was like, in our modern day understanding, saying a platoon or a company of men or a soccer team. There's 11 men or women on the field. And so a God in those days was a minimum of four Roman soldiers. They were highly disciplined. They were highly trained. And dereliction of duty in those days uh, was a death sentence for those guys. And so if they had allowed, if they had all fallen asleep, the body had been stolen, if uh, one of the other theories is they were bribed, it was a death sentence. I don't know. I don't know what the bribe is to convince you to die a couple of hours later. So both of those things for me um, absolutely mean nothing. They, the, the body wasn't stolen and the gods were not bribed. The second one is this, is that many of the disciples were martyred, uh, surely under the threat of torture and death. Uh, persecution, if they'd stolen the body or if they had lied about the resurrection in any way, surely they would have come off that lie. I love this quote by Charles Carlson, and he was special counsel to, to President Richard Nixon during the Watergate scandal. And he says this, he says, I know the resurrection is a fact and Watergate proved it to me. How? Because 12 men testified that they had seen Jesus raised from the dead. Then they proclaimed their truth for 40 years, never once denying it. Every one of them was beaten, tortured, stoned, or put in prison. Surely they would not have endured that if it were not true. The Watergate scandal embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world, and we couldn't keep a lie for three weeks. you telling me that the 12 apostles kept that lie going for 40 years? Absolutely impossible. And so, again, the second proof for me is simply this, is that many of the apostles were martyred, and tortured, stoned, whatever. The third proof for me and the ultimate proof for me is simply this, is the ongoing life and growth of the church around the world. Every lie has seen its season. Every lie has come and gone. Every lie has ultimately had to come down. And yet the truth of the death and resurrection of Jesus has stood the test of time. And in fact, 
is being outworked in local churches all over the world every single day. The church around the world is healthy and growing. And that is because the head of the church, Jesus Christ, is alive and well and leading us on, friends. So as we look at the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we need to understand this, that it's one of the great doctrines of the Christian faith. It's numbered amongst the Hebrew foundational doctrines. And as I said, Paul goes on to say that without the resurrection, our faith is futile. So let's read that text real quick in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you've taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you've believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, first importance, primary importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. Two quick points here as we, as we start to land. The first one is this, the Bible says, the Bible says Jesus was raised from the dead. Matthew 28 uh, says early on that Sunday morning as the new day was dawning, this first Easter Sunday, uh, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat on it. His face shone like lightning and his face uh, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards, there it is, plural, the guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman and said, do not be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen from the dead. What an incredible thing that is. The Bible says, the Bible says Jesus was raised from the dead. And the second one is this. The Bible says Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of God. Romans chapter 1, this letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle, sent out to preach his good news. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets, the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son. Jesus, in his earthly life, was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, the Son of God, born of a virgin, lived a life of sinless perfection and yet was crucified, raised again to life on the third day to prove that the sacrifice was sufficient and that the price had been paid in full, the price for your salvation and mine, and that right now he is seated or reseated at the right hand of the Father. That is the Jesus that said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He did not say, I know the way. He did not say, I'll show you the way. He did not say, if you jump through all these hoops and do all these religious duties, maybe there's a way. Just absolutely did not happen. He simply says, I am the way and no one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus fulfilled every part of the law. Jesus fulfilled, fulfilled every sacrifice, every part of the sacrifice. He left nothing undone, left nothing left for you and I to do. No hoops to jump through, no religious duties to do, no price to pay. He has done it all. What incredible good news for us this morning, friends. What absolutely incredible good news for us this morning. couple things. What is there left for us to do? Simply this, recognize that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and mine. We cannot do it by ourselves. We cannot earn heaven. We cannot earn our salvation. If we could, if we could be good enough, 
to earn our salvation. Jesus did not have to die on the cross for us. We cannot earn it by living a good life, by giving our money away, by serving the poor, by doing, we can give millions away. It, it cannot have any effect on our salvation. It was only the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that affects our, our salvation. Romans 5 verse 8 says this, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Wow, that's good news, friends. That is good news. Because, because what the scripture is telling us is that while we were stuck in our sin, while we were stuck in our sin, God the Father sent Jesus to die for us. God loves us so much that he sent his son to die in our place. I want to say this, friends. If we could have been good enough, there's this absolute 100% response from God the Father to send his son. Didn't wait for us to become halfway good enough, 50% good enough, 75, 80, 90%. Okay, well, you kind of almost got there. Now I'll send my son. No, while we were 100% stuck in our sin, God the Father releases Jesus from heaven to come and pay the price for your salvation and for mine. First thing we do is recognize that Jesus died for me. The second one is this, that I repent of my sin. Acts 3 verse 19 says this, Now repent of your sins and turn to God. How beautiful is that? Repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. That's an uncomfortable word in our day. People don't like to hear about repentance in our day. But I want to suggest to you this morning, friends, it's a beautiful word. Because what it means is while we were going, while we were heading away from God in our sins, the call to repentance is this. Stop heading away from your loving Father and turn. Give up your sin. Give up something that the Bible says the wages of sin are death. In spite of inflation, the wages of sin are still death. Give up what you were heading away from God to achieve that is only going to cause you death and heartbreak and, and destruction and come back to a loving father that has paid every single bit of the price that ever needed to be paid. That, friends, is absolutely good news. The word repent simply means to change direction in life. Instead of running from God, we can run to God. Paul writes to Timothy and he says this, Watch your life and doctrine closely. And I want to say this, friends, that this word repent sometimes is used, uh, I, I think it's used as a weapon, it's used as a club. You need to repent. And sometimes we see religious people using that as a weapon uh, for unsafe people. I, I want to tell you, friends, it's a beautiful word. And it's a word for us in our day, for those inside the church and outside the church. Believe or unbeliever. If your life does not line up with the life of Jesus Christ, if your life does not line up with the word of God, the word for you this morning on this Resurrection Sunday, on this Easter Sunday, the word to you this morning is repent. Give up that thing and come back to a loving Father. Change direction. Align yourself with Jesus and His word afresh today. Today can be a beautiful day for you. Believer or unbeliever, this is an absolute beautiful day. Fresh grace for us to repent and come back to a loving Father. So I recognize that Jesus died for me. I repent of my sins and then I receive Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Becoming a believer, becoming a follower is not merely about believing some creed or some code or going to church or jumping through these hoops. As we've said, it is about having Christ himself take up residence in my life as my personal Lord and Savior. John 1 verse 12 says this, but to all who did receive him, he gave the right to be called sons of God to those who would believe in his name. What good news for us this morning, friends. What absolute great news on a Resurrection Sunday, on Easter Sunday. If that's you this morning, as I said earlier, there's going, to be a, there's going to be a moment for you to respond. If that's you this morning and you want to respond to the love and the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ, 
saying I've had enough, I've had enough of trying to do it on my own. I realize I cannot work this out on my own. I want to repent. I want to come back to God this morning. I want to pray for you. You could be listening to this in your bedroom. You could be listening to this in the living room. You could be listening to it in any manner of place. It's not about where you are. It's about the condition of your heart and understanding there's a loving Father that is absolutely waiting for you and has made every provision to ensure that you can come home this morning. If that's you this morning, friend, I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. Father, if there's even one that said, yes, Lord, I want to come home this morning. I want to come back to a loving Father. Then I pray this morning, Lord Jesus, that you would make yourself real to that person. I pray, Father, you would give them the assurance that as they recognize you, as they repent of their sins, and as they receive you into their heart, their sins are forgiven. And you have established and assured an eternity to be spent with you. Would you lead them, Father? Would you guide them? Would you send your Holy Spirit to lead them and to guide them into all truth this morning, Father? May you give them, may you give them freedom and liberty to serve you and to worship you as their Lord and Savior this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, friends. We're so delighted. I want to leave you with a word of encouragement this morning. And it comes out of this scripture, 1 Peter 1 verse 3. And it says, Praise be to the God of our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth. Exactly what we've just been talking about. He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that can never perish. If you got saved this morning, friends, you have got an inheritance that can never, ever perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last days. In all of this, greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer a little bit of grief and all kinds of trials. What a beautiful, beautiful word for us this morning, friends. We have an inheritance that cannot perish or spoil or fade in Jesus Christ. Sandals and I just want to thank you, Redemption City Church. Man, we are so grateful to be part of this faith community that, at this time. We're so grateful for the words of, of encouragement and the prayers that have come through from many of you. And, and we know that you're doing that for each other as well. And, and uh, for your generosity, your ongoing generosity and your ongoing commitment to serve the Lord. Never been a better time to be part of a faith community than this time. And I want to tell you, we are glad because we have been the recipients of your love um, to us as well. Thank you for being an incredible, incredible church. We love you guys. We can't wait to be together again. We don't know when that might be. And uh, according to some people, when we get together again, we're not even going to be allowed to shake hands. So I don't know what that means for hugging. But uh, God bless you. Hope you are strong. We're praying for you. We love you guys. Uh, we've set up two email addresses, prayer at redemptioncitychurch.com. If you've got any prayer needs, please make use of that. We've also set up another another email address, rcccares. If you have any physical needs, whether you're out of TP or whatever it is, wipes, whatever it is, baby wipes, please email us at rcccares and we'd, be love, we'd love to be able to do our best to absolutely help you in this time. God bless you. Have a great rest of your Sunday. And we hope to see you soon.